0: Well praise the Lord everybody, this is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word, amen, and it's good to be here with y'all on this Friday. Uh, We are in the month of June and uh, we've certainly got a lot of things going on, if y'all know what I mean. And so we are here at God's Whole Word because we need to do just that. We need to talk about God's whole word. We need to uh, search out all of God's word and speak and talk about the things that God's word speaks and talks about. So we've been talking about the things that God hates. Uh, The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 6 where we've been, 16 through 19, it talks about The things that God hates. And yes, it is true. There are some things that God hates. Amen and hallelujah. And we were looking into uh, the first portion. When you look at um, verse 17, it begins the list. It starts with verse 16, talking about how God has seven different things. Now, that don't mean it's an exhaustive list, y'all. It just... uh, uh, it gives some, some categories, some things that God is telling us he hates. And if God hates something, you better best listen to him. And in verse 17, the very first thing that is list, it's talking about a proud look. Now, that don't just mean the way you look on your face. That don't just mean the way you carry yourself, how you uh, saunter your little self around. That's not all that is involved But when we began to look in the proud look, it's basically just flat out telling you God hates pride. You understand? God don't like pride. God stands against pride. You know who stands for pride? The devil himself stands for pride. Now, I know a lot of folks don't like to hear that. They don't want to hear that. And I know there's a lot of folks... They don't want to hear the next thing we've been talking about either. Because we kind of went through that. I might, uh, today, just might go back and forth about the proud look which God hates and the thing we've been talking about, the lying tongue. That's the next thing on the list that God hates. Don't you know God hates a lying tongue? He hates it. He don't like uh, people to be liars. He don't want a lying tongue uh, to be uh, able to stand forever, and it's not going to. The Bible says that all liars, tells us in the book of Revelation in chapter 21 and verse 8, it does. Tells us all liars going to have a part in the lake of fire. And where you go before you go into that lake of fire is you go to hell where there is fire as well. Bible talks about that, but it does tell us in the book of Revelation that hell, all three things, death, hell, and the grave, will all be thrown into the lake of fire. Now, I heard a, well, I call him a commentator. Now, I want to make this clear before we go on much further because I happen to mention a young man and I had listened to him a few times called Ben Shapiro. I don't listen to him all the time, and I don't want people to think that I do because he's got a foul mouth and he needs to let the Holy Ghost clean that mouth up as is. And I heard him say uh, he was over speaking, and I was looking at this particular one, didn't realize what I was going to run into when he was speaking at Berkeley, and I was listening to it because of the subject matter. And uh, he made a comment uh, when a man came up to talk, and he was a Christian man and felt the same way that I do that you need to clean that mouth up of yours. If you're going to represent the Lord, if you're going to say you serve God, you ought to be uh, you know, having a clean mouth or whatever. He didn't say those things to him, but I certainly would. So, Ben Shapiro, you need to clean up your mouth. I know you say you serve the Lord and all, and I'm, I'm grateful for, for you, you know, you want to, to, to love the Lord as you do but uh, the bottom line is you know uh, god wants you to clean up at mouth so uh, you know it'd be a nice thing if you could but you know one of the things that uh, he said was that uh, he told the man because the man said well i've appreciated what's been said here and i agree with a lot of things what you're say- saying minus uh, the mouth you know the, the the foul words and that and then uh, ben Shapiro said well you know I, I say those things because that's how i connect with these young folks here well you know what if young folks have to be connected with a foul mouth uh you know uh, listen they respect you for your religious uh, beliefs and and uh, m- well many of them I'm, I'm, I'm i know there's a lot of folks that don't you know, because of the firestorm that happens, but I'm saying for those that are there, that want to be there and want to listen to you, and then have positive things to say about you, they respect uh, you without you having to do all that. But anyway, that's your choice. Uh, but nevertheless, I want to make this clear. I want somebody thinking that I just uh, I, I'm I'm bent on listening to everything that young man said. No, I don't. I, there's things I don't agree with that he says, but. Um, but nevertheless, I don't want anybody to think that this Holy Ghost-filled preacher is going around and uh, just, uh, you know, touting everything that that young man says. I do agree uh, on a lot of points that are made by that young man, and I did happen to listen to him at another a Christian college where he was very subdued with his mouth, and I appreciated that fact when I listened to that. Because, uh, folks... Every, uh, on every stance, wherever it is that we've got to be standing on the wall. Now, I preached a message one time uh, in our worship service uh, about uh, standing on the wall and being placed at the position on the wall that God puts you. And, um, you know, we've all got to take our place at the wall because the wall is being inundated. It is being bombarded uh, with people. And when I'm talking about the wall, I'm talking about the wall that God wants us to put up to keep the world out, you see. And a lot of folks, you know, they don't want you to talk about pride. They don't want you to talk about a lying tongue. Uh, they don't want you to talk about anything that has to do with the Word of God. And I, I know that uh, uh, this young man Ben, he he was saying that, uh, well, I don't come in here with uh, talking about the Bible because a lot of times, uh, you know, you got to come around a different way with some of these folks and all that. Well, that's that's not how I'm gonna go. And uh, this is a podcast that we have, uh, God's Old Word, and this is where we stand. Uh, we're going to be going to the Word of God. That's what we're going to do. And if people don't like it, I can't help what they don't like. And uh, I know, I understand what's being said. I, I get all that. I get the point and the reason. Uh, but we're not going to do that here. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says, and you either like it or you don't. You either listen or you don't. You either shut your ears or you don't. Uh, You know, you make up your mind to listen or you don't. It's your choice. You know, because when God sent Jonah uh, to Nineveh, some people want to call it Nineveh. I call it Nineveh. But anyway, however you want to pronounce it, Nineveh or Nineveh, no matter to me one at all. I don't care how you call it. But... In any event, when God sent Jonah, when he finally went after he got shoved up in that whale well for three days, and then the whale well had to spit him out. And we ain't gonna get into the debate with y'all that want to argue about the word of God. Well, it was a, it was a whale. It was not a fish. <laughs> I get so tired of that nonsense. Sit down and be quiet so you can learn something. Y'all know what I mean? I mean, I ain't got a problem telling people to sit down. I ain't got a time problem telling people to be quiet and sit down and learn because the Bible says their mouths must be stopped. That's what it says. It says that mouths must be stopped. You know, I I had somebody say to me one time, you know, you act like a maniac. Well, have you ever looked up the word maniac? You know, it's somebody that's ungovernable um, with what they're doing. There's no governing them at all. They absolutely cannot be governed in... Uh, their press for whatever it is that they are involved with now i'm going to tell you i may have a loud mouth sometime when i talk but you're going to find many a day that there were preachers in the word of god they were not quiet in what they said they were very vehement many times in some of the things that they said and it angered people people didn't like it but you know the one thing that i will refute i will say yes i can be loud and I might sound like a maniac, but I'm not a maniac, because a maniac, actually, the word can mean to they're completely ungovernable. That's not the case with me. Because I allow the Lord to govern my soul. Hey, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Do you allow the Lord to govern your soul? Because, see, a maniac... They ain't got no governing or nothing. They just wild and crazy, and they don't they don't have anything to hone them in and and govern over their soul. Now I got that. You know Jesus wouldn't allow me to go out and start throwing rocks at a building just because there's maybe a speaker in there that's speaking about uh, atheism. I, I'm not going to run out there and, and, and gather up a bunch of folks and start screaming and ranting and raving and trying to attack the police and, and throwing rocks and fire, and fire, whatever those things are, you know, the uh, fireball things they throw. I know there's a word for it. I can't think of it right now. But you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I wouldn't be doing that. Why? Because the Lord governs my soul. As a matter of fact, the Lord talks about uh, Christians not being a part of riots. Did you know that? So no, I wouldn't do that because the Lord governs my soul. But do you know there's some folks, they're going to call me a maniac simply because I raise my voice up like that. And because I hit my desk and I say hallelujah, God is going to be the last one to have the last word hallelujah. And anybody that don't listen to him, you're going to die and go to hell. Now see, I, I can talk like that. And, and, and to some folks, you know, I can sound like I'm just a crazy maniac. But see, I can hone it in. Because I know that I'm not going to go out there rioting act, and acting like a crazy maniac and, and throwing stones and, and all this other kind of things that people are doing, turning cars over and setting them on fire. I mean, just all this stuff that is going on uh, in uh, you know some of these things that have come up with the transgender issues and all that. I mean, we're talking violence. Now, I just saw on my phone... I know I talk a lot about that, but a lot of times I I look at that and I'm looking at the state of my world around me. And I saw another transgender person become extremely violent and kill their own father. And this young man, I'm not going to call it a woman because it's not a woman. I'm sorry if people don't like that, but that's not, uh, you know, you you may say, well, it's a trans woman. Well, no matter what you do, I'm not, um, and honestly, if anybody would sit down and listen to me on a personal level and I've even said on the podcast I've said we had a, a, my spouse and I sit down and we talked um, on this past Wednesday just uh, kind of sharing some things about the ministry and uh, we're talking about uh, you know what we want to do with uh, this ministry in the fact of where we stand our boundaries that, that are going the boundaries that are going to be set by the word of God these are not boundaries I just came up with willy nilly. No, I'll look in the Word of God and I'm going to say, okay, and God says this is the boundaries, that's where we're going to go. And that's where we're staying. Because, uh, you know, as we move forward, I'm hoping that we will be able to start a, a church, uh, just as we pastored a church in California, pastored one in Washington, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to do the same here and reach the lost. But I'll tell you what, we've got boundaries. And I'm not the one that said them, God did you know what a standard is the bible says that god you know people raised up a standard and and this is uh you know basically was if you look it up it translates to flag but but it's a way to say look these are the ways that we live this is how we stand this is how we serve god and that is a flag per se being waved not a literal flag but A flag in the sense that people are going to look and they're going to say, well, I know y'all don't live like the rest of the world because you don't talk like the rest of the world. You don't behave like the rest of the world. You don't dress like the rest of the world. Uh, You sure don't worship like a lot of folks and so on and so forth. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that you're going to be offended and you're going to say, well, I never have any part of that. Well, that's your choice. I mean, I'm certainly, uh, uh, and like I said, we are not disparaging against, I don't even know if that's the right word. We do not advocate not one iota, not one iota at all. Do you understand? With this ministry and where we stand. Now, yes, I stand very strongly and firmly in the boundaries that we have, but that does not mean that in, in 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 what I say that that means people should go out and commit uh, violence against transgender folks or uh, you know um, anybody a part of the gay agenda or anything. I don't believe that is the case. That is not the way of the Lord. We are not to live like that. We are to be a light of love and mercy. But yet we still have to stand for holiness and we have to be able to tell where we stand. Now on the other side of the fence here I notice that uh, that's not what happens with a lot of this what's going on with the transgender movement and the LGBTQ I think I said that right LGBTQ plus um, and I don't know what else and I know I keep repeating it but I'm not kidding I keep trying to remember I, I, and I don't really you know it's. I'm not trying to be offensive it's Just it's so frustrating to me because when, when we walked in that world, like I said, that's where we came from. The Lord said, come out from among and be separate. And when we walked in that world, all there was was L-G-B for a while. And then they started adding the T, and I thought, okay, that's a little odd. Because it was something that I, I was not familiar with. And I, and I now I'm saying this so that people know. You know, I, I over time, a period of time, I became friends with some that were uh, literal transgender. Literal. Uh, I, when I say literal, these were people that deeply struggled with being in the body that they're in. They're, it's an emotional struggle to them. It's a deep and heavy emotional struggle. And so I have compassion for the fact that they do have those uh, struggles. You know, many of us, we struggle about with different things. And, and this is a, a, a very deep, heavy burden on some of them. Uh, absolutely completely i i believe that from the things that i've seen and the people i've talked to uh but there is a difference in that and uh, those that do drag i've known somebody personally years ago whenever i walked in that way in the in the gay world uh knew somebody personally i actually was involved with somebody that was uh, did did drag uh but it always bothered me because I, i i knew the word of god i knew what was right you know, like I said, I backslid and, and all of that. But when God got a hold of me and and began to, um, you know, move me back to where I needed to be and, and continuing, God is still continually working on us and, and, and moving us in the direction that he wants us to go. But I'll tell you, uh, there is a difference between what I saw then. Now, that was back many, many years ago. We're talking in the 90s. Um, there's a vast difference in what is going on today. Now, I'm not approved, pro- uh, given approval of, of what went on then. I'm not given approval of what goes on now. What I'm saying is there was a vast difference between then and now. And I said this before. I said it the other day. I'm going to say it again. I think that some of these people... Uh, and and we're just going to continue on from where we were on Tuesday because on Tuesday we talked about what lies have you told yourself lately? What lies have you told yourself lately? So we're just going to kind of continue on with that because we're talking about the things that God hates and now we're on lies. And like I said, I'm not bouncing back and forth with this uh, issue, with pride and all that kind of thing. Now, you know, I, I look at, at what I see so many times over, these riots and these... just And, you know, uh, other countries are watching this and looking at the mess that's going on here in America uh, with with all of these things. And I'll, I'll tell you, some of you are whining and crying about America, but I'll tell you what, in some other countries, this wouldn't be going on. Not at all. Now, I'm not an advocate at all uh, you know, there's some folks that uh, you are on the right, and you think that it's a right thing for people uh, to to be uh, put to death, uh, being a part of the LBGT community, and so on and so forth. Because you are looking at things, and you are not rightly dividing the word of God, and you want to speak in that manner, and and was. It would I, I think some of you that uh, claim to follow Jesus Christ, I think that you would be elated if laws were passed like that. And that is disturbing, that you would be elated. But you have to remember there's other things too that required uh, that there would be uh, you know, death to come. And one of those is adultery. Well, what happens when Jesus comes on the scene? He even talks about the fact that adultery can be done in the heart. Shall we stone them too? And you say, well, how would you know? Well, there's there's certainly uh, ways because if you're caught trying to meet up with somebody and have an adulterous relationship with them, you can't say it wasn't in your thoughts, even if you didn't follow through. Hmm? And, uh, you know, so... And I, I, I'm saying those things because, uh, like I said, many, many years ago as I began to walk uh, through this life myself and not living for God and living an ungodly life and and being so entrenched in there, uh, I, I saw many things. Yes, I did. I saw many, many things. I saw many, many married men uh, being unfaithful to their wives. So, you know... And 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 this is you know I remember one time there was uh, like I told you I used to belong to Metropolitan Community Church and God called us out of there but before uh, God uh, I even met uh, Brother Vernon and, and uh, God has called us to the ministry we have uh, you know moved towards and uh, I, I remember that um, there was another group of people that I was a part of that was in this uh, Metropolitan Community Church that was in another city because I had belonged to more than one. As a matter of fact, three different, in three different cities, I had been participating in in that. Well, I don't even want to call it a church, but that place uh, called Metropolitan Com- Community Church is what they call it. But um, in any event, there was, you know... Uh, This one particular person, I'm not going to give a name. Uh, matter of fact, the person has since died, but uh, many years ago. But in any event, um, this church had a, and this is how I came to know about its existence. I didn't know. Uh, they had a, a tendency to put in ads in the paper, and uh, you know, and they would say certain things, you know, about whether or not you. Uh, if you are gay and Christian you know who to call and that kind of thing and so that's what uh, had moved me towards looking at that as I uh, at once was a part of that uh, life that agenda so when I called of course somebody connected me with somebody else and one thing led to another and then uh, they get you involved with a, a Bible group, you know, people that will study the Bible, but they're going to study it on their slant with the MCC, uh, with what they teach and what they believe, and uh, they'll get you involved with their inclusive language, which many times over just absolutely chops the Word of God up, and that was something that was very difficult for me to do, uh, to, be to even to try to allow myself to even go down that road. And so, uh, but I'll put a long story short here. They had put another ad in, and there was a young man that had called who was married. And uh, he had a little boy, and um, his wife, from what I understand, she was going to have another child. And uh, he called, and he wanted somebody to talk to. And so... um, he originally was talking to another person that i knew and i happened to be roommates with this person and i they were not there that day and i answered the phone and i and then i explained to them i said well the person that you've been counseling with i said they're not here and they began to say, you know, they really wanted somebody to talk to. So I began to talk to them. And as I began to talk to them, I began to lean towards the Word of God, talking to them about certain things that I understood, uh, you know, were right. It had nothing to do with going along with, uh, per se, the gay agenda, but just uh, talking about God's love and God's mercy and, and, and those kind of, th- kind of things, going along that lines. And... Uh, The person finally stopped, and they said, "I would rather counsel with you." And I just stopped. I said, "Well, um, that's I'm not a part of that group. I'm not a part of uh, those in the MCC." I said, "I'm not licensed through them, and I don't." I said, "I just attend the church." And but he insisted, and he said, "Well, I I would rather counsel with you." And and I said, "Well, I, I." I just can't take this person's uh, place over and I'm not put in that position with the church. Well, they eventually let it go. But they did eventually come to the house and uh, sit down and the, the roommate of mine was counseling with them, talking. Well, they left and they went to the bathroom and I was coming there, offered them something if they wanted something to drink and something to snack on. And... Uh, Sat down and started talking to him again. Of course, you know he knew that it was me that had been on the phone before. He started talking, but immediately when he started talking, he looked at me and he said, "This is what he said." Now he he actually came to our house uh, without his. Uh, he he had his son there at his house when uh, he was visited by this minister, but when. Uh, he came over to the house where the minister lived, where we were roommates there. And um, he said, uh, he didn't have a son with him that day, and he said, you know, after that young man went to the bathroom, and he said to me, he said, well, he said, I'd like to be in a relationship with you. And again, it stunned me. And I said, well, I, I can't go down that road. I'm not you know, not going to be doing that, and, uh, you know, and he kept on, and, you know, and and knowing the fact that this young man, uh, he was in a marriage, uh, had a wife and and a family and this kind of thing, it really bothered me, and it floored me. And you say, well, why are you talking like this? Well, I'm talking like this because I want people that are on the right to understand some of the things that go on, uh, even when you are looking at uh, people who claim to be Christians, like in this uh, MCC church. And there's many other churches now. Y'all got to understand. There's a lot of churches that are now, uh, you know, they take uh, on the, the LBGT community for themselves they don't have a problem uh at all in uh, allowing this uh, agenda to be a part of their church so i just kind of am letting you see kind of an inside look as to how some of these things go and uh and i don't i'm not trying to offend nobody i'm not trying to you know uh make somebody feel disgusted or whatever you know the bible the apostle paul tells us in the book of corinthians that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices and so it is wise to know what you're dealing with because and 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 i'm saying this because you may encounter people out there that may attend this church because it's probably the most predominant gay church that there is it called uh metropolitan community church it is probably the most uh predominant uh, that there is. And so um, you you might encounter people in your witnessing. You might, maybe a, a family member, you might, or whatever. And I, I want you to have kind of, because I don't know that anybody would uh, be willing to come along and talk to you about those things and be willing to um, say to you, look, this, this is the kind of stuff that you see, and this is the kind of stuff that goes on so that you, not that you're going to use it as a stone to throw at them, but to kind of see uh, the deception, the deception that's there. Now, I said that because this young man, he uh, did not, you know, see it a um, problem, apparently, the fact that he was still living with his wife, he was still married to his wife, and obviously had still continued with a sexual relationship with his wife because his wife was pregnant. They had, had uh, the, the little boy that they had. I think was three years old, something like that. But um, you know, it was not something that he felt. Uh, you didn't see any any type of uh, conviction in his heart that he's he's asking me. And so, I'm gonna tell you, because this was something that personally happened to me, and so and I'm gonna tell you the truth. I ain't gonna to lie to you. so i'm gonna I want you to see the kind of things that go on around this type of thing. So you you know this young man he now he wasn't part of the MCC yet, but it was not anything to him that he was asking to really honestly commit adultery. Now, we're going to set aside the fact that, uh, you know, uh, so many, many, many people on the right are going to say, well, it's an all-out, not just a, adultery, but, you know, there's uh, the whole uh, gay sex issue and all that kind of thing. That's a whole nother subject I'll talk about another, another time. But the bottom line is that there are many, many, many men that are married to women that Unfortunately, they seek out men uh, to have uh, gay sex with them. And uh, and this particular situation was rather bothersome to me because he's coming to be so-called counseled. Um, you know, and wanting to know... Because he did ask some questions. I'm not saying that he didn't ask any questions. He was asking certain things about the Bible. And of course, uh, because there's such a deception in the way... Uh, that MCC twists things, uh, you know, as far as certain things go, because uh, they have no understanding or revelation about um, the eunuch. Now, I'm going to say this, and I told y'all, I'm going to bother people on the left and I'm going to bother people on the right. But many, if not most of you on the right, you ain't got a revelation of it either. You absolutely have no clue. And you don't look at it. And even if you do look at it, uh, you you minimize it and, and you go on. But, you know, there is a, a, a doctrine uh, in the Word of God. And I say doctrine because the word doctrine means teaching. There is a doctrine uh, that literally does speak of eunuchs. And, and it is validated at three major points. Uh, because you have Isaiah, who is a prophet. Then you have Jesus, who is the Messiah, God come in the flesh. And then you have the Holy Ghost. You've got all uh, three of these parts. The Father leading Isaiah, talking about the Father in heaven, uh, leading uh, his spirit to move on Isaiah to prophesy about the eunuchs uh, in such a way that uh, they would be welcome to come in the church they would be welcome to be a part of the the work of god and they would be uh welcome in that they would do the things that god pleases uh, that pleases the lord and 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 keeping the sabbath and so on and so forth is what it said in isaiah 56 and and uh, verses if you read uh verse 1 through i think down to about verse 7, because verse 7 I believe is where it talks about the house of uh, prayer being a house of prayer for all people. So, but but then you have Jesus coming on the scene, and a lot of, uh, I've seen many, 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 many uh, people on the right to take uh, Matthew chapter 19 and literally just slice it to bits. Because they'll say, oh, this is all speaking of uh something to do with just heterosexual marriage when in fact that's not even what the subject was being dealt with at all in that scripture it was talking about something else um as a matter of fact i'm gonna i'm gonna turn there real quick because i'm not just gonna say this we're not just gonna whistle dixie here we're going we go to the word of god because you've got to go to the word of god now so what i was saying is this young man you know uh he was you know obviously uh Looking for, you know, a same-sex partner is what it appeared that he was doing, but he still, uh, you know, he was a part of the Baptist Church. That's what he said. He said he was he'd been a part of the Baptist Church for many, many years. His wife and him they attended a certain Baptist church. I won't mention the name or where it was at, but uh, but in any event, uh, they had been involved with the church for many, many years, and he just has always, since he was a young kid, uh, struggled. Uh, with you know same-sex attraction and so on and so forth. So we talked about those things and then uh, you know asked certain questions. Well, I really um, didn't know anything else other than I just wanted to be somewhere where uh, I felt like I wasn't being attacked. Uh, and when I say attacked, now y'all got to understand, those of you on the right, I remember so clearly when I had, uh, and, and, and this happened after being in that situation there. Because eventually what I did was I went back to the Pentecostal church and I told y'all uh, that there was that time that I went down to the altar. Uh, my foreign pastor saw me in the you know, the balcony, called me down. Uh, the brothers took me down. And they prayed for me. But there were people behind me that absolutely refused to pray with me. And they made it vocally known. Now, I did not hear them personally, but people around them did. But as I was praying, and I did not hear them. I was uh, further up. I was literally all the way to the beginning of the altar there by the altar and uh and i if people don't know what that is it's where people go to pray a lot of people are not familiar with that but it's where people go down uh you know near where the preacher uh is speaking at the um, pulpit you know and they go to that uh, area there in the front of the church and that is known by so many churches as the altar And so you know, you go down there, and of course, I was on my knees, and I was had my hands up in the air, and I was sobbing and crying and pleading with the Lord, and uh, you know that He would just uh, help me because I didn't know what to do because uh, I had been dealing with this all my life. when I say all my life, I've been dealing with a lot of things that just led up to where I'm, where I uh, am even today. Uh, But you know. Even as a very young child, once uh, you know puberty hits and all that thing, I've been dealing with the same-sex attraction since I was very young, and so um, and 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 before that, of course, I couldn't call it same-sex attraction until puberty hit. But even prior to that, uh, there was an attraction to to the same sex, but not in that fashion or form as it was after puberty hit, and you've got you know you're... Sex drive and that kind of thing, and I'm going to be very blunt here, because uh, people, uh, y'all on the right, you got to really, you you know, you got to understand where people are coming from. You got to understand the the uh, difficulties and the struggles that people uh, have uh, with all of these things. You can't just, uh, like I said, you can't be like that. uh, You know, like like the animal that just buries. I think it's an ostrich. They just bury their head into the sand. And I'm just not going to look, I'm not going to hear, I'm not going to see, and that kind of thing. But in order to fully grasp the whole picture of things, it would be wise for you to be listening to someone who was on the inside, who was there, and who experienced many of these things and were part of this, this whole uh, situation. So this... Uh, young man he eventually you know he started counseling with the other one that was uh, there and um one thing led to another and of course because of my refusal uh you know i i knew that they had been married uh i didn't want anything to do with that i had already uh had struggled with uh the you know the pentecostal pastor i've talked about that before that i'd went to counseling before i even went to mcc uh and like i said nobody knew about all of those, those things at the time that that happened, but you know I was um, very disgruntled. I was very disgruntled because here, no matter how you reach out, no matter what you try to do, it's either you're going to be um, having people say behind you while you're praying that they're not going to pray for you because God can't do anything with you. Um, you know, and 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 I do I do want to. Uh, I want to go to, while I'm saying that, before we get to Matthew 19, I, I want to go to, uh, let's see, 1 Corinthians. I know it's in Corinthians because I read it today when I was studying. Uh, 2 Corinthians. Is it 1 Corinthians? Um, and Let's go on to 2 Corinthians. And what, so 2 Corinthians, of course, y'all that have studied the Word of God for any length of time, uh, and those of you that are new to the Lord and you don't know, Uh, the Apostle Paul had wrote two letters, and of course this is the second letter that went to the uh, Corinthian church. Now in the first letter, if you read in chapter 5, in the first letter to the Corinthians, you see that there was a man that was committing adultery. Well, he wasn't just committing adultery. It says, it named it as his father's wife. And so this gives other... Indications, because the Apostle Paul said it was not even a type of thing that would be named among the, you know, the the Gentiles, you know, the ungodly people, the ones that were not walking with the Lord, because sometimes uh, that would be the name that would be applied to people that were not serving the Lord. Would be they would just use the word Gentile. And uh, in chapter five, the Apostle Paul has he's already gotten word. Uh, somehow where uh, things have been said to him he's in another place and uh, he's going to write uh, to them the answers to their questions and and deal with the things that are going on and he writes this letter so this is how things uh, would go many times uh, with with how churches that the the Apostle Paul began uh, his way of being able to deal with certain things and pastoring and and dealing with issues and all those kind of things because when you, y'all, when you when when you pastor you're going to deal with I, I've said this to people now I know some people don't like my the way I put it but I say you know the pastor I said we're down in the low bottom of the totem pole not totem pole but down in the low bottom of the barrel I don't want to use totem pole that was the wrong thing to use but low down in the bottom of the barrel because And when I say that, I kind of feel uncomfortable saying it because I don't want people that are garbage men to think that I I look at them as as the lowest of low. I'm not saying that because I am so appreciative. You have no idea how appreciative I am of the fact that I've got men that are willing uh, to come. You know, that's what we have. We've got men. We don't have no women here. Uh, picking up the garbage but uh, men that get out there and they deal with all that the smells and all the garbage that goes and if it weren't for them people the garbage would pile up it would be a nasty mess it would be horrible and we see that with a strike that went on in New York several years ago and garbage was just piled up everywhere so I want to say this before I, I go I appreciate y'all y'all that worked at I'm telling you what you you deserves double honor dealing with all the mess that you deal with, and not only that, but the folks they're out there in the heat and the, you know whatever's going on, they're out there in all of the elements and picking up our garbage, and so when I say what I'm getting ready to say, please don't be offended by the way I'm saying it. I'm just making a point, you know, because a lot of pe- a lot of time people will say oh they're they're garbage men as opposed to somebody that is maybe a lawyer or a doctor or whatever you know uh, they they you know people categorize things and and uh, shouldn't always certainly should not be that we categorize them in the word of, in, in the house of god you know uh, because the book of james is making that very clear that it doesn't matter what your uh, financial status is That should not be how you gauge how you treat somebody by the income that they have or they don't have. That should never be. But for the sake of the conversation, I'm trying to make a point here that for the pastors, we feel like those that are picking up uh, all the things that are smelly and, and, and all the garbage that's dumped out at us, and we have to pick it up and we have to deal with it. Uh, meaning that all the stuff that the, uh, you know, human beings are dishing out while you're pastoring the church, you know, that are a part of the church. And you say, oh, no, everybody's just perfect and sweet and wonderful and everything's just peachy king. I got news for you. You must have never been a pastor because that is not the way it goes. You've got all kinds of stuff you deal with, and i tell you what, I've dealt with some stuff. But in any, in any event, in any event, So the Apostle Paul, you know, if you go to 1 Corinthians, you look at chapter 5, he begins to talk about this man that he's not just having sex, folks, with with what it says his father's wife. Now, they word it that way because I don't think they want to say he's having sex with his mama, you know. And that's how horrible this was, whatever he was doing, because he said it's his father's wife. Now, it could have been his mama, or it could have been his stepmama, Uh, whatever the case going on, but his daddy is married to the woman that he's going around having sex with. And everybody in the corinthian church knew it they knew about it and then whenever they would have what they called love feast they would uh you know it's kind of like fellowship where you know a lot of churches they get together to eat and fellowship which is a good thing to do it's what we should be doing you know because you get to know each other and you get to um you know more of a personal level and it really helps uh to solidify us as the body of christ and and get to know one another and care about one another and all those kind of things it's a wonderful thing to do but um anyway so they had what they called they called them love feast and they they would come together and they would uh, you know it's kind of like people having potluck you know church potluck or a church picnic or something of that sort and uh so you know so Pentecostal we've been we, we've been dealing food for a long time you know Pentecostal people we get together and and eat and I think a lot of churches do that but anyway so uh, you know uh, but the Apostle Paul, he was dealing with that church in such a way. And he said, y'all, i not be letting this man just come up in here in, in these love feasts. And everybody just thinks, oh, this is no big deal. He's he, we, Everybody knew that he was having a relationship with his father's wife. And everybody's just treating him like he's just a part of the church. And when you uh, uh, continue to read in chapter 5, and then the Apostle Paul says, you need to turn him over to Satan. And you need to let Satan beat the daylights out of him so that at least his body is going to be affected and dealt with until he comes to a place of repentance, you see. Now, and so that is what happened. The church, and he told the church, he said, you need to repent of this. He said, you shouldn't glory in this. This is this is no way to be glorying. You knew that man is committing sin, and you're just letting it go on in the church. And so we can't do that. Y'all got to understand, when you pass in the church, you can't be letting just anything come up in the church. you got to deal with it. So here, listen, this is the reason why I'm discussing things the way I'm discussing. Because y'all on the right, you, you don't know about somebody saying, and if you don't, you might see somebody that's going to say, well, uh, you know, uh, they they gonna uh, talk in a certain way, or they're gonna behave in a certain way, or whatever. And you might think everything is the way that it is, and then it's not, because some people have a mind to have an agenda, no matter what. And so you have to be able to know the ins and outs of all of it, so that you know how to effectively deal with things in church. And you say, well, why we gotta deal with this? Because it's here. Because it's here. It has reared itself up. And now they, they're not just wanting to stay in the MCC, which is basically, you know, the church for the gays. I don't mean that like I believe that. I've been there. I was a part of it. But I'm saying that is the mentality of it. I know I was there. So, uh, you know, but they spread into others. Y'all have seen it in the news. You can't tell me you don't. If you haven't seen it in the news, then you got your head in the sand. And you need to get your head up out of the sand, shake all the sand out of your nose and your ears and your eyes, and start listening and looking because it says, what uh, the Apostle Paul he said, you know, we're not we're not ignorant to the devil's devices. Well, if you're gonna be ignorant to the devil's devices, then I'll tell you what, you're gonna be tripped up. And so you need to you need to hear it. now. So it, when you start looking at chapter two in 2 Corinthians, and you go down to about verse five. It starts talking about that man that, you know, that was de- dealt with severely. In other words, it was a type of excommunication from the church. Because if he was going to continue to be going to bed with his and having sex with his father's wife, then he needed to be dealt with. He could not be a part of the church. So, uh, you know, so the Apostle Paul even said, don't even sit and eat with him. Now, some people, they don't like that kind of stuff. They don't like you saying, look, if you're going to keep living like that, you you can't even be sitting there eating with them. Because eating is a form of fellowship where we get to know each other and all of that kind of thing. And if you're going to get to know them and you know that they're doing that and you ain't going to say nothing and you're just going to keep on walking on. Well, what does that say about your walk with the Lord? (coughs) What does that say about your uh, faithfulness to Jesus Christ? And so, in second. Second uh, Corinthians in chapter two and verse five, and you go on down, and 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 it tells you it says now, um, you know sufficient in verse six it says sufficient is a man uh, is this punishment which was afflicted of many. So many many people they made up their mind to listen to the apostle Paul because the apostle Paul even came down on the church and told him you need to repent yourself because you're not right because you've let this thing go on. Well now uh, they've jumped ship. Uh, so to speak, from MCC, and they've gone into other, you know, church too, because you got the 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 Methodist splitting up, and they've got you know two different sides. And they, they you say, well, you're Pentecostal. Why does it matter? Because listen, <clears throat> if you don't think things don't just keep on moving and keep on moving, you got. I'm telling you, what you got your head in the sand. I I don't know what to say, but you're gonna have to wake up and smell the coffee, or wake up and smell the Holy Ghost. Now, so. But, uh, you know, he said it was inflicted by many. So uh, people began to get involved with this and say, look, we cannot have anything to do with him. We've got to cut him off. We cannot be sitting and eating with him, as the Apostle Paul said. We're going to have to let this go. Because he is doing things, uh, committing uh, sexual sin that God is not uh, pleased with And uh, you know the Bible says A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump And leaven you know y'all If you study the word of God You know that's yeast And all it takes just a little bit of the yeast To rise that bread up Well that's how sin is All it's going to take a little bit of sin And it's just going to rise up in the church And it's going to start taking over And you've got to nip it in the bud You understand what I'm saying? you got to nip it in the bud You can't let that stuff go on in there And uh, you know so uh, He said uh, now now the Apostle Paul, when you get to talking gets to talking to the church, which would be us as well, because these letters have been preserved for us to listen and to learn and to talk and, and to be able to deal with things in the church too. And then he goes in verse seven, he said, "Now contrarywise you ought rather uh, to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such one should be swallowed up with overreach, over, overmuch sorrow. See, this is what happened with me. There, was, there were many of them that were not willing to forgive they were willing to uh, you know pass whatever punishment along because of the sin that i knew i had had or whatever and and that but they were not willing to come to a place of forgiveness and 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 you cannot ignore what the apostle paul says that it will cause an overreach of sorrow in other words it will if if you don't finally get to the place where you can forgive and say okay what do we do here? How can we help you? How can we? Don't sit and just cut them off and say, "Well, you just pray and everything will be all right." You know, like they, what they've been talking about—you know, pray the gay away and that kind of thing. Listen, when I said I don't use that word, I don't use that word in res- respect to who I am as a person any longer, because God said to come out from among them. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to understand because people—they still put that label there, and they will still—if uh, if you say, "Well, I'm—I'm," I'm, uh, you know. I'm same-sex attracted, even though I've prayed, I've asked God uh, to take this out and He said His grace is sufficient. There's still people that are going to put that label and they're going to say those words. But listen, uh, the thing of it is, there is a, a place and a space where forgiveness, if you do not allow that forgiveness to take place, what is going to happen? There is going to be an overreach of sorrow and you cannot ignore that scripture. You can't do that. Now you can... You can, but let me ask you something. What did the Lord say? If you don't forgive, your daddy in heaven ain't going to forgive you. Now, you know that's true. And so, uh, you you know, people, uh, you know, they might might make up their mind, okay, well, I'm going to go back to, you know, the apostolic... Pentecostal church over here. I'm going to go back to uh, Pentecostal uh, whatever over here. Whatever the case. Or maybe you're not Pentecostal. Maybe you're listening and you're not Pentecostal. And I don't want to leave you out either. Okay? Because I believe that everybody's got, you know, there's a place and space where you're walking and God is uh, leading you into all truth and all that. Because that's what happened to me. I mean, I was raised in the Baptist church and then from there I went to the Pentecostal church of God, which is a Trinitarian Pentecostal. And that's where I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And, And I was 16 years old them. And then whenever I was uh, 19, uh, I began to attend the Spanish Apostolic Church. And I didn't even speak Spanish. And I was the only white person in the church and didn't even understand what was being said. But I could feel the presence of God. Now, I did have an interpreter, but that created a lot of problems for me. And I'm trying to move along quickly here so that you can kind of get a, a, a little bit of an idea of what was going on. And then after a while, because I was not getting spiritually fed like I needed to, because by the time the preacher spoke in spanish my pastor would speak in spanish because most of the congregation spoke spanish uh except for some of the young people i was in the same boat with them and so some of them had translators as well but uh it it was not giving me allowing me to be fair enough because by the time i got it translated into my ear they've gone on to something else uh in the message and so on and so forth and i was just losing a lot and and you lose some in translation as well and so uh you know i began to talk to my translator who was actually the pastor's son and i said you know what i'm really struggling with uh, you know getting a lot out of this spiritually and uh so he said well talk to my dad he said because he might have you go to the what he called the english church that's what they called it and so that's how i ended up uh going to uh, pentecostal uh church one this pentecostal church and was there for many many years um you know, but of course I struggled. I when I arrived there, I arrived there with this issue. I arrived there with these struggles. I arrived. I was with those struggles in the Spanish Apostolic Church. I was with those struggles when I was in the Pentecostal Church of God. And and you know, and I and God uh, baptized me with the Holy Ghost because I was repentant to Him. I said, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I, I I'm sorry. I want to live for You and I want to be filled with the. Well, I didn't say I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what that was. But I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then somebody later explained to me what that was. And and, and, and so, but afterwards, of course, I would say, Lord, I want continually to be filled with your spirit. And God would over and over and over allow me to be filled with his spirit over and over. And, and, and it was such a blessing. But you know, the thing of it is, when you get your eye off of the Lord, and sometimes people themselves uh, within the church, they can kind of help steer you off because of the way they're treating you and you say, well, you just got to keep your eye on Jesus, then you explain to me, if that's not the case, if that's not the case, then how come he says to the church, look, you're going to have to forgive, because if you don't, you're going to cause him overreach of sorrow. Overmuch sorrow. In other words, more than what should be. Now, you cannot say that you don't have a responsibility to that. You absolutely do. And if you say that you don't, you're not right with the Lord, and you need to repent, and you need to you know, those that are y'all pastors and you've you got churches and you're trying to teach, teach church, you're going to have to teach them to, to uh, uh, learn to, to care about people in, in a loving manner that you ain't got people down at the altar that are going to stand behind folks and be telling other folks that they're not going to pray for them because uh, they've uh, made up their mind that this is a, uh, how, how shall you say, a sin that cannot be forgiven. People literally believe that. They, they believe that. It has been so deeply ingrained in so many Pentecostal people by uh, some misinterpretation of certain scriptures over the years. And it's really unfortunate. It's really sad that you hear those type of things going on. But they, it does go on. It still goes on today. And so I, I'm saying all these things, and I'm trying to get you to understand. Look, so that young man that had come to the house that day he eventually did uh, join up with another MCC he moved out of town he left his wife, he moved out of town he got involved with somebody in the whole bit and of course his marriage ended now, what I would uh, encourage, very very, very strongly encourage anybody, if you are pastoring pastor in a church you know, I actually heard of some um, and I know that this is I'm not going to give all the details, but I know that this is what went on, and I, because of the way everything went, and uh, I'm just going to say it this way, and no, I was not involved with this situation uh, personally, but I do know people that are very um, godly people that do know of the situation and know that these things um, certainly was was um, the way things went uh and this is not to slam any one church or any one thing so i'm not going to mention the name of the church but it is a one that's pentecostal church and uh this was separate from the one that i dealt with whenever i went to counseling or whatever but this particular pastor who was uh, married to a wife they had a couple of children and they were pastoring the church and apparently that pastor had been struggling with uh, uh, same-sex attraction all his life. And he finally, it, i the only way I can put this is I guess it got the better of him, uh, where he didn't feel like that he could go any further. He felt like he was being um, a hypocrite uh, because he struggled with this and he dealt with this uh, for many, many years and just uh, felt beyond himself of what to do. And so he went to counseling, you know, just like i could, I went to counseling. Now, I went to counseling, and the pastor starts trying to encourage me and woo me to go to bed with him. Uh, after trying to express to him, I, I was there to seek counseling over that very issue as being attracted, same-sex attracted. But this man's, um, how should you say, what he encountered and what he dealt with in counseling was that he was instructed. Now, you got to remember, because some people are going to find this hard to believe but you have to remember now this took place in near the late 60s around in there in the early 70. Okay? And that I'm not going to give exact timing. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not giving detail cuz um, there are people involved uh, you know in other Parts of that situation that um, I'm not willing to say things that can just uh, re-hurt and reoffend and re-open wounds. I'm not going down that road. So I'm sorry that I'm being vague, but I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that I can't give you all of the major details, but I'm uh, not going to be sorry that I'm trying to protect certain ones. So, in light of what I was saying, this pastor, who had struggled with this for a long time, he went and he finally explained and was receiving counseling, was willing to submit to the counseling, but in the course of his counseling, and like I said, this was late 60s, early 70s, you say, well, you were a young child then. Yes, I was. But like I said, I know people that attended this church, and I know them very well. And so... As an adult I know them very well so with that said um, and these are things that later came to my attention because of what I dealt with but this pastor went to several counselors over a period of time um, you know pastors themselves and had instructed him that the best uh, thing for him to do was for him and his wife to have another child now that i'm sorry that I have to say it this way but that was actually i believe a very wrong way of counseling in that situation and so this pastor submitted to that and they did have another child but of course all that did was just make things even more difficult because now there's another child um, that is a part of this family and uh, the man eventually um, gave up his pastorship and he left his wife. And uh, now, am I saying that that was the right thing to do? No, what I'm saying is certain things are being said as a matter of solution in counseling or they're just flat out... um, people who shouldn't be counseling because you're leaning into a place that you shouldn't be leaning into like what happened with me and so but so many 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 and I'm going to say Pentecostals because that's where I've been that's what I know that's where I've lived that's what I've seen many 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 Pentecostals sometimes are given some counsel that can go countercrtuative. Uh, I believe is would be the right word. Maybe that's not the right word, but it's counterproductive. Absolutely, completely counterproductive uh, in the situation. And and see the apostle Paul. He had to literally counsel the church to let him know. Look, you've already done everything that you need to do, and now you need to back up from what you've been pressing in the way that you think should should go, which was the right thing to do for a period of time. But now you need to forgive and you need to move forward in that forgiveness. So uh, there are times that uh, sometimes people are not... Uh, they may be doing um, the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. They're continuing on and continuing on. Or uh, they may say uh, the wrong things for what they think is the right reasons. You know, And so uh, in so many people's minds as they are trying to counsel with people and that kind of thing uh, come up with things that are not really uh, things that should be said to help counsel them and to move them forward into a, a, a healing process or or uh, finding maybe just a place where they're going to live in their life and, and, and being at peace uh, with their lives but living for the Lord and doing what uh, God says in obeying him and obeying his word and and um, being able to serve God in the place that he calls them such as with um, brother Vernon and I and so uh, you know because there there is much to be said about separation from the world as a matter of fact it is an absolute must from God so certainly we do have to separate ourselves from the word of uh, from the world and not uh, allow the word of God to be something that offends us now sometimes the word of god will offend us but you know the bible talks about the fact that uh, that may happen for a period of time but after a while there will be a healing that comes and uh, you know because sometimes uh, god's word is going to cut it's going to cut and it's going to go in and and, and God is trying to bleed out uh, the things that are in there that are poisonous or that are like almost like gangrenous spiritually speaking, gangrene type of uh, effect in our spiritual soul and uh, eating away at us and 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 causing us uh, to get closer and closer to spiritual death rather than moving us forward into a place where we can be that we can walk with the Lord and 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 receive whatever healing it is that God has for us on. The this side you know i was talking to uh, somebody yesterday sent uh, us a prayer request we get prayer requests from from different places and uh received a, a prayer request from uh this one pentecostal sister and she uh, stated that in her church that there is somebody that is in desperate need of prayer because uh, they have been diagnosed with stage four cancer and uh so you know and i i was trying to send them word of encouragement back because they they know this person personally and <clears throat> you know and and i but i i did say to them i said you know i said i'm definitely going to pray uh that god will do a work of healing because i know that god is a miraculous uh he's got miraculous power he's able to miraculously heal i've not just read it in the bible i've seen god miraculously touch people i've watched it with my own eyes and so i know <laughs> hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. I know that it's true. I know that God possesses the power to heal on this side. But sometimes, for whatever reason, God don't choose to heal on this side. But the devil's a liar because God is always, for those that will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and will walk with him and obey him and live for him, they are going to see God heal them completely either here or over there. You see? You see? And uh, so I was trying to encourage them and give them that word, and, and certainly, but of course, believing that God could use this person as as being a tool as a, a, of, a of a witness for God's power, you know, that uh, God can take us down to the lowest of low, but I prayed and I believe that God can touch that uh, person that has got stage four cancer and heal them absolutely instantaneously, where they can go to the doctor and God can touch them in such a way that whenever they go to do the test and they'll say we don't know what happened where's the cancer where did it go what happened Uh, you know I believe that God can do that because I've seen the God that I serve and the power that he possesses I've seen him do miraculous things but but you know the thing of it is even if God don't allow it on this side don't let the devil lie to you, and and, and and maybe, you know, you've got a relative that is struggling with, with that, uh, you know, some type of physical ailment, and, 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 and they pass away, and they've got faith in the Lord, and they passed away. Don't look at that and say, God, you took away my relative. No, no, they've got a healing over there. That's what happened to my mama, because, uh, you know, she prayed for healing and prayed for healing, God, you know, she was always in so much pain and all that. I said, but mom, listen... If God don't hear you on this side, I promise you, you're gonna get your new body on that side. And I'm gonna tell you what God did. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember that after my mother died, the week that my mother died, and I was I was really upset because, uh, you know, just my mother had struggled with so many things, and I was I was in a lot of uh, grief. You know, we're gonna grieve over the loss of of those around us. Don't don't uh, look at us that grieve for the loss. Uh, you know, when we're baptized with the Holy Ghost and living for the Lord and staying full of the Holy Ghost, that don't mean that we can't grieve when some. Somebody dies that we love, we're gonna grieve, and you gotta let us have some space to do. But you know, there's some people that are so religious and so high and mighty and so uh, uh, um, you know, holier than now that they can't imagine that somebody's gonna deal with grief, all right. But I was grieving, and I was grieving for for several days, and and then one night I fell asleep, and the Lord allowed me, it was like I literally could see it just as clear as day, as if I was there. And I saw my mother in in a gigantic area, massive area, and she was moving back and forth, and she says, Look, I can move, I can move. And she was in this beautiful white, uh, what looked like a dress to me. And she was just moving so gracefully. Not like a ballet dancer, but just moving so gracefully. She looked beautiful. She looked young. And when I woke up from that, and I realized that God had touched my mother, that God had given my mother that what she needed, whatever it is that God's going to give us on that side until we get our new body, there is going to be something that God's going to give us over yonder. and we don't have to worry about it. Amen. Because God is going to do whatever we need, whatever God's going to give us over there. Don't worry about whether you're going to be naked over there I have a spiritual body god got that taken care of the bible say so and so when you uh you 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 uh, say well the body's down in that grave but god's got a spiritual body that'll take care of that for a while until he go back and he gets uh that body and raise it up out of the grave on the day that the lord comes back and the trumpet sounds now i got bible on everything i just said but i said all that to say this my mother struggled in that physical body. She dealt with certain things. I I know of people right now. My mother dealt with... she dealt with schizophrenia and mental illness and all of these different things and we had to keep her on medication in order to keep those things uh regulated. but i prayed and i said lord help these meds to work like they need to because without it it was a very deep and heavy struggle for her and so sometimes that's got to be that way and but you trust god that god is the one that's going to help you out no matter what no matter what it is that you got to do but uh, i saw my mother god touched my mother to where she literally could be in a right frame of mind and for that uh, you know for that. That period of time before uh she passed away where god was allowing her to be in her right mind and she would get up and testify and she would talk whenever she would finally be able to stand up and have the strength to stand up and she'd stand up and she she everybody knew when my mother stood up to testify that it was going to be a while they knew and so sometimes i'd just stand back from the pulpit and just let mama go because she was just going to start talking about uh you know what god has done for her and she was so glad to be in the house of god and so on and so forth and kept on going and going and going and going and sometimes my mother would get to shouting and so uh, but 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 i tell you listen i said that because you know my mother still dealt with pain she still dealt with struggles she she still had to take that medication to keep her uh, regulated like she needed to be mentally you see but my mother walked with the lord and served the lord and had faith that god was going to get her through and she was going to get her new body the whole shebang, the new body, the new mind, everything, and be like Christ. Like the Bible said, we will be, you know, our bodies, we will be like Christ. However that means, and all that it means, and all that it involved, we won't know till we get it. But at least we got some some ideas because the Bible says there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more sorrow, and all of these things that God promises us, and which is a wonderful thing. But in the meantime, you've got some of the right wing Christian. Y'all need to listen to me. Because I've literally heard some of you say it. I remember I heard a young man say the other day on a podcast. Now, he claims to be a Christian, and I did mention, to him, uh, mention him the other day. And he said, everybody's born heterosexual. And I just cringed when I heard him say that because I was listening to it because he was talking about uh, this interview with this gay pastor. And it, and, and certainly, just as that interview with that gay pastor you know, even the don't sound right, but I'm just saying, um, even that interview, when I begin to listen to that person that claimed to be a pastor and I listened to uh, the things that he said. I myself was deeply troubled and bothered for all of those people that were in his church that that were following him because he was so lost. You could hear it in the things that he was saying and the ungodly things that he was saying and and the things that he was saying that he teaches and that he believes. It was absolutely against the word of God 100%. And so I, I can concur and i i I certainly can see those things but the man you know he he's he's talking now i talk fast and sometimes i can talk loud and fast and and all of that and sometimes i've had to go back and say oh wait a minute did i say that okay i didn't really mean that i meant this and maybe he'll come to a realization that what he said was foolish because no baby is born heterosexual no baby is born in any way shape or form in that manner and to say such a thing it's like you're you doing what we're fighting against with all this sexualization of children that is making people so angry with the transgender group that's moving through. So uh, don't let yourself believe a lie too on the other end because that's not true. Because I said those that child those babies are innocent when they're born. They don't have no sexual nothing when they're born. Don't sit down and say stuff like that because you're on the other end of saying something that's 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 just as Difficult to to listen to because you're sexualizing a little baby by saying they're born heterosexual. No, they're not. They're born completely innocent. They are born completely innocent. They don't have any sexualization about them. They've not went through puberty. That don't happen until you get through puberty. And for you to say such a thing and then sit there and justify it, don't sit there and justify that nonsense because that's nonsense. Because what that sounds like is it's almost like you're sounding like them, but on the other end of the scales here. You know, make it trying to sexualize children in a different way on the other side. That's not right, brother. You, you don't say foolish stuff like that. There ain't no child that's born as a heterosexual. They're not born with sexual thoughts and feelings and that. That's nonsense. And so, and I understand what you want to say. I understand what you're trying to say. I understand what you're trying to do. But there really are, there truly are people that have same-sex attraction. You can't say that they're not there. They are there. They truly are there. But but the bottom line is, what do you do with this? What do you, do you just, um, you know, just take uh, like the devil did with Eve? You take... Do you take God's word and start twisting what God says? Because this is what's happened with the gay agenda. And this is what's happened in the MCC. And then that bleeds over. And then now you got to split with uh, the Methodist church. And then there's other... <coughs> churches, I don't even... I think the Episcopalian, they had issues over it. and I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's just bled over and bled over and bled over. And if you don't think it's not going to bleed over, I I, I know that uh, some people may think that's not true, but I, I know of a... I believe it's an assembly of God church. Well, they're not part of the Assemblable God anymore because I think they were cut off. but uh, Or they removed themselves. I don't know which it was. But, uh, but they're here on Texas soil, which is amazing to me. But... um you know, uh, they uh, have fell to this LBGTQ agenda. And, uh, you know, and and they use this uh, statement, you know, well, God is, you know, reaching everybody and loves everybody. Well, that's true. I don't deny that. I don't discount that. The Lord loves everybody. The Lord wants everybody to be saved. But when you look at, Listen, those of you who struggle with same-sex attraction, I want you to hear me for a minute if you're listening When you this is the reason why I think it is so vitally important that people understand I am trying as quick as I can to get this book wrote uh, So that people will just really take a look uh, At the Word of God and if it encourages y'all to to look into the Word of God then thank God but uh, listen God does talk about people that were sexually different in their day these were people that honestly you could say they were sexually different it might not be the way that you specifically think it ought to be but certainly they were sexually different in in the way that they were in one way or another now i've heard uh, some people say well that just means their penis is cut off that is absolutely not true that is absolutely not true because when you look up that word that word also includes impotent. So you say, well, I, I can assure you that somebody that is completely same-sex attracted, they are completely imp- impotent towards the opposite sex. And so, uh, but does that mean that they should be um, thrown under the bus or even taken and, and thrown into the same category as the LBGT community? I don't believe that that's true. I think that that is a, 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 not just a misnomer, I think it is a gravely, um, I don't want to say wicked, but it is gravely disparaging to the Holy Ghost, and I believe that emphatically. Because when you look at Acts chapter 8 and you begin to read and you see the story of the eunuch and Philip the Holy Ghost is the one that's leading Philip to go to that chariot and to reach in there to that person who is sexually different of that day you cannot deny that that is true and then you have Jesus who's making it very clear that there are some that are born Uh, they're not they're not all just made that way And, and some people will get Uh, turned around and twisted up because they say oh well some of them made themselves unique." well you really got to study that you've got to take some time and this is what i'm uh, so desperately trying to get this book uh, done and trying to get this so that people have some understanding about uh, this issue because what's happened is you've got the mcc church they've actually just you know come along and just basically rewrote the whole bible 've got uh, they've got this ungodly wicked uh I'm gonna call it a wicked Bible because it is not it is not God moved it is not God breathed because they will call it uh the Queen James version now I don't know if any of you hear that heard of that but this is put out uh, it is put out by somebody that's part of the Lbgt Community and what they've done is they've gone through the scriptures and they've completely uh, just just obliterated the word of God, you know. And 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 this is the reason why I tell folks: look, I get into the word of God and I use the King James version because I'm not uh, I'm not going to sit there and be afraid of what I see there because you've got to look at it and and find out what God is talking about and listen to what God is talking about and be obedient to what it says and and move on from there. Now, so what I want to do, I'm gonna. And and when when we looked at Second Corinthians, remember, um, you know, he told them. He said, "You're going to have to forgive, and you're going to have to reach to them, uh, not so that they don't reach into over over much sorrow." He said, "Wherefore I beseech you," and this is verse eight in First Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter two, chapter two, uh, verse eight. Wherefore I, I beseech you. Now, beseech means like he's almost begging you. He said, "I beseech you." That's the same if you go to Romans chapter twelve and verse one and two. He, he's talking about. Uh, you know, how we're supposed to live. He said, I beseech you by the, merc- uh, by the mercies of God, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service and be not conformed to this world. But, but, but we're to be changed. Our, our our mindset and the way we live, how we walk, how we serve God, even how you dress, everything ought to be coming under the submission of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, it says, uh, I beseech uh, you that you would confirm your love towards Him. He said, I'm begging you to do this. Now, you know how many people are just uh, there, if, if somebody come into uh, their place of worship and they uh, make it clear that this is something that they deal with and they struggle with and if that person says to them look I prayed and 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 I prayed for years and years and years and this is still here uh, the rather than confirm God's love to them and say okay let's see what we can do here. What are we talking about? We're not talking about bringing in the, the LBGTQ uh, agenda because this is something that I absolutely have made it very clear uh, with the ministry that God is moving us towards and, and if God allows us to, to move forward, to build a church, I, I've laid the law down. And I said, look, this is, we're not having that drug up into this church. We're not going to be doing that because uh, we, we need to serve the Lord. And if uh, those of you who uh, understand... To be eunuchs, as the Scripture talks about in Isaiah 56 and seven, uh, um, 56 one through seven, and and you um, you look at the Word of God uh, that that where Jesus speaks about uh, the eunuch in Matthew 19. Now I did want to go to that for a moment because there are uh, people uh, that they will look at these verses and they begin with uh, chapter 19 it's in chapter 19 and they begin with verse 1 and they'll go all the way down and what they'll they'll go all the way down to verse 12 and they will say that this or verse 10 excuse me they'll go from verse 1 to verse 10 in chapter 19 and they'll say oh this is all about marriage well actually that's not true what you're doing is you're misaligning the word of god you're supposed to rightly divide the word of god this is actually talking about divorce now, if you don't believe that, you need to go back and read it again because it's actually talking about divorce. This was what that they uh, had brought up uh, because it says the Pharisees, who, in verse 3, it says the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? That's what started the whole conversation. The word put away means to divorce. And so that's what this was about. But yet I have actually heard uh, preachers get up and say, uh, and they'll slam the pulpit up one side and down the other and say, oh, this is all about heterosexual marriage. No, it was about divorce. And uh, then, you know, because it's leading into marriage, and and Jesus uh, is making clear about certain things. He said he made a male and female from the beginning. Now, we know that and we believe that. We understand that cause. But that causes people to misplace what's being said here because the question was about divorce is it okay to divorce for every cause and God is uh, through the mouth of Jesus speaking and saying no you cannot do that because from the beginning God created male and female and and they were to join together they were to be but that has nothing whatsoever to do with what Jesus said in verse 12. Because Jesus is making it clear that there are people that are not going to be uh, having this discussion about being married to uh, somebody of the opposite sex. Because uh, the the question is in verse seven, uh, the apostles they say, say unto him, they say unto him, why did oh excuse me not verse uh, seven, um, go down to verse ten. It says his disciples say unto him, in the, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. You know, because they begin to listen to Jesus. And in other words, look, we're not going to be able to ever get out of this because you're saying that really there's no way out except for fornication, which the word fornication is translated adultery. Um, and so he said, there's there's no way out of this, so maybe it would just be better not even to touch a woman. Now, uh, I, I don't want people thinking I'm trying to misinterpret that. I'm not being the MCC. But what I'm saying is you can't misinterpret it either on the other end of things because I've actually heard people say those things that this is an absolute indication that every single man is supposed to marry a wife. If that's true, then we've got a problem with the Apostle Paul who wrote a very large portion of the scripture. We've got a really big problem. So uh, not only that, but uh, when you go down to verse 12, Jesus, he answers them when they say that. And he said, but he said unto them... All men cannot receive this saying, what saying, about what they just asked, what they had been discussing, and so on and so forth. And, and, and he said not everybody is going to be able to uh, receive that saying about either marrying a wife or not marrying a wife or so on and so forth. And he said, verse 12, he said, For there are some eunuchs which were born so, or so born, from their mother's womb. Now, nobody crawled up in her womb to cut off that uh, person's penis or to make them uh, a a eunuch. Uh, There are some females that have uh, certain things within their body whenever they're born that, you you know, there's some, you know, a lot of um, right-wing people, they don't want to hear this. But there are some, some... females that have been born that have actually also had, um, other characteristics. I don't mean characteristics as in the way they behave or anything, but I'm talking about literally physically, uh, where there's been some that have had, um, even testes and ovaries in the same body. Now that doesn't mean that they're not either one, you know, really, uh, A male or a female because there's other things that are added into that uh, that give you an understanding and a uh, clear-cut understanding uh, because God has given us uh, uh, certainly uh, things that we can look at as well you know chromosomes and different things but look what Satan has done Satan has used this LBGTQ community to come along and try to squash all those things to literally stomp them to death and in the right wing's Desire and I understand uh, to try to uh, mitigate through some of these things and trying to, uh, uh, you know, trying to bring clarity so that maybe their own people in their church don't get uh, pulled away by this, you know, what looks like a tsunami. Uh, uh, You know, uh, they start pulling things out of their hat that don't really fit the Word of God, like the young man that said, oh, well, they're all born heterosexual. The Bible, don't don't say stuff like that because uh, the Bible doesn't even say, even Jesus is not going to clarify that because a eunuch is not going to be what you would call heterosexual because he said they're not, they, they wouldn't even be able to marry. It would not be something that uh, they would be uh, doing, being married to a wife. It would not work. So you are you going to refute what Jesus said? Are you going to... St- against what he said. I'm not trying to uh, twist anything here or anything. I'm trying to get people to look. Look, let's let's not try to uh, fight deceit with deceit is what I'm trying to say. And I know you're not trying to purposely be deceitful when you say foolish things like that, but we've already got a big monster here Called the L B G T Q community and this transgender mess and all this that we got to deal with to try to keep uh, this from just overthrowing even those that are part of the truth. You say, "Oh, that would never happen." That's not what the Apostle Paul taught. He said, "Who?" He told the the, the church in Galatia. What did he say? He he said, "Who? Who did beguile you? Who is it that that, that literally tricked you?" So don't sit there and act like that those things can't happen. They certainly can. And that could be the reason why some people, they're getting stirred up and then, and then they just kind of like, you know, like I said, pulling things out of your hat that, you know, really shouldn't be said because that's going to come back and bite you. You know, because somebody else is going to come along and they're going to say, well, that's, you know, and so I try and tell you, brother, don't do that because that don't make no sense when Jesus say what he says because they're not all born heterosexual because then you're going to actually defy what Jesus said, that there's some that are born as eunuch. But one thing that is clear is that in the book of Acts in chapter 8, the evangelist Philip is being moved by the Holy Ghost, all right? He's moved by the Holy Ghost, folks, uh, in order to reach uh, this eunuch that's uh, you know come through uh, and uh, I'm getting there chapter 8 I'm almost there and uh, it's, it starts in it's in chapter 8 of the book backs and then it just starts in uh, verse 26 and goes down to verse 39 and it says the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip saying arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem and the Gaza where is desert Verse twenty-seven. When he arose, and he went, and behold, a man of uh, of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, and under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem to for to worship. Now, I want to make a point here. A lot of these eunuchs, and this one in particular, it makes it very clear. He was put in charge of the king's wife, who was the queen. And the reason is because the king had no thought whatsoever that the queen would be even accosted or bothered or sexually uh, moved upon by this eunuch. You say, well, it wouldn't because they're a eunuch. Well, neither would they be if it were somebody that were completely same-sex attracted, would they uh, also not have any feeling to do so, you see. Now... You can gauge it how you want it and speak it how you want it as far as this Ethiopian uh, eunuch is. But Jesus has already clarified there's some that are born that way. There's some that are made that way. And there's some that, for whatever reason, uh, and we'll get to that another time, that some have made themselves that for the kingdom of God. And there's some scripture that really gives some clarity and understanding uh, to some of those things absolutely and uh, but but a lot of people uh, you know on the right side they're so busy fighting this. And I understand because what what is so angering and what is so infuriating is that uh, they have done exactly what that gay men's chorus in San Francisco uh, sang one time. And I know some of you know what I'm talking about. And they started saying, we're coming after your children and all that bunch of stuff. Well, here we are. And and you've got uh, this transgender movement that are moving in. And you've got these drag queens sitting over there at the library wanting to be uh, talking to the children and doing all these things. And then you've got uh, people you know, men who claim to be women that are just so violent. You know, we've not seen, and we've not just seen the violence with one transgender person, okay? And when I say one, I'm talking about one type, okay? Because a few months ago, was it, that there was one that was a, a young lady who was trying to trans- gender, become a transgender or whatever. But you've got... You know, you get a, a struggle inside your body maybe with uh, these, you know, type of feelings or whatever. But but God has created each and every one of us. It makes it very clear in the Roman uh, Romans uh, chapter 9, I think it's verse 20, that who are we to argue with the potter? You know, we're the clay, he's the potter, and he's made us the way he wants, and we should not question and say, why have you made me this way? Because certainly uh, God... Is in charge of everything, and he chooses for whatever reason, uh, you know, to uh, say this one's going to be a male and this one's going to be a female. That's God's choice, and we should not try to come along and attempt to change that because what's happening is you're seeing the effects of that. Because uh, this one particular woman, uh, she went into that school and shot up all those people and killed so many people. And then uh, I just read on my phone that there was a a young man that was trying to transition as a woman and just stabbed his father to death. And this was just recent. Um, And, you know, these, you know, people are not realizing look, you're trying to change something that God made and you're seeing a reaction from this that's not good. It's not working, it's backfiring. And yet, the LBGTQ community, Q- 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 or into- GGB, whatever. The ABC people. I can't never get it out. It just, I don't know if the Holy Ghost just don't want me to get it out and understand it and say it the way it is or whatever. I don't know. But I'm not kidding when I say it. I just can't seem to get it. So, I'm going to say the gay agenda. How about that? So, this gay agenda, okay, this push and push and push we're going to go after your children. I am not ignorant to the devil's devices, and I don't think anybody else should be either. Now, I will say that when these drag queens say, "Well, we're just, you know, we're dressing up like a Disney character and we're just we're going to uh we're just going in there and talking to them. We're just going to have fun and we're just talking to them about uh being their own self and blah blah blah." Now, they may believe that. But do you know you can believe a lie? Do you know that you can you yourself can believe a lie that you're telling your own self? You're telling your own self. Well, yes, you are. And you can sit there and you can believe what you're saying. But listen, those who know the word of God, we are not ignorant to the enemies devices we're not ignorant to them now some people might be okay that's the reason why i'm trying to instruct this one brother Uh, you know you got the flag your big old beard your uh, hunting hat or whatever i'm not slamming you for those things that's what you do that's wonderful you you know you want to be that uh, whatever they call the man's man and i don't don't know that would really not go over well i guess i probably should reword that but you want to be uh you know this real um long-looking man or whatever got going on that you got going on. And I know you're not Pentecostal because of something you said. But, brother, don't use that word again. Don't sit there and say that foolish nonsense again. No, child, that's that's making it sound like you're sexualizing a child yourself on the other end. And I know you don't mean it that way. I know that you don't. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what you're doing. Okay, so don't get all bent out of shape. But I'm just saying, uh, that's what it looked like. And you're on that side. You ain't supposed to be doing that kind of stuff. We're trying to fight this stupidity that's, uh, you know, heading this way. But listen, there's people, they don't realize that they literally are lying to themselves and they believe they're lying. But you know, you keep doing that. The Bible says God's going to send an illusion going to send delusion. You know what delusion is? It means it's a space and a place that you get trapped in and you will never be able to get out because God will not allow it. And the reason is because you would not. You would not have a love for the truth. You refused. You refused. The truth is God made male and female from the beginning. Just like Jesus said. But you don't want to believe that. Now, I'm saying that vehemently to the transgender activists, okay? Because if you want to fight that way and you want to talk that way, well, okay, then I guess we got to have somebody that will come along and raise their voice up too, okay? Now, I'm not going to get out and physically fight. I'm not going to get out and throw rocks at y'all start fires do all that kind of crazy stuff that you're doing because I'm governed. (laughs) You're not governed. You're just going to go on, and that is what maniac means. You act like a maniac. The only way you're gonna have to, you're gonna be able to stop acting like a maniac, is to get yourself baptized with the Holy Ghost. But you know what? You're not gonna get baptized with the Holy Ghost. God's not gonna give you the Holy Ghost. You know why He won't give you the Holy Ghost? Not because maybe you struggle with uh, with this identity crisis that you got going on, and you feel like maybe you are on the wrong way. No, that's not why. That, that's not, no, no, the Bible says that in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, he said to give the Holy Ghost to those that obey him, because you've got to obey and repent, in other words, okay I am struggling in this, I am dealing with this, and and, and yeah, I, I do feel like maybe I'm in the wrong body, but God is saying he made male and female from the beginning so I just have to accept that, and Lord help me to be the man that you made me to be, I don't know how I'm going to do it, because I don't even feel like a man, but God, I'm willing to obey, and I'm willing to, uh, but, but God, send me somebody along that will help me what if they're praying that and you on the right are so stuck you're so stuck and stuffed so stuck and stuffed in your hate you say well we don't hate then you got forgive forgiven love and you got to be willing to be there don't sit there. Don't tell me you don't have a feeling of some kind of hate when there's people sitting in the back of the, or standing literally at the altar and saying they're not going to pray for folks. And, and don't tell me that's one one thing, one time thing. No, oh, no, 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 no. This this kind of thing has went on and on and on and on. And you know how I know that because I see preachers getting up and and you're doing the same thing that I. I mean, you're hitting your pulpit and your desk. But I've literally seen a preacher just. Pick his pulpit up and go up and down, slamming it down, slamming it down. You're not coming in here. Okay? If you say that they're not coming in there, do you know that's also because you couldn't say, Look, we're willing to to help you get through these things. We're willing to to encourage you. And even if you you know you've prayed and, and you just say, look, this attraction's here, and I don't know what to do. I just gotta serve the Lord. You know, some of y'all just not willing to listen to that. You you just not willing to listen to that. But but with you slamming your pulpit up and down, you know what preacher I'm talking about? A big old huge church you pastor, and you slamming your pulpit up and down, and you say I ain't coming in this. Well, I get it. I don't want them here either. And I I made literally tape. I've taped some messages and words and said, look. We're going to be starting church here. You know, if the Lord opened the door and we're not having this and this and this, we're not putting up with this. But I'm going to be kind and I'm going to be caring. I'm going to say, look, if you struggle with this, I want you to be able to come. I want you to be able to, uh, to be a part of us and to, to feel love. And I don't want you to feel like that you've got to be some kind of lonely old person and, and whatever. But, but we've got to still come in line with the word of God and we've got to love the Lord enough that we're going to be willing to uh, be a part of what Isaiah 56 said. That, that you, those unit you come in, you're going to be um, choosing the things that God loves you, uh, that God loves, and you're going to uh, be willing to do those things, and you're going to be willing to keep the, uh, you know, honor the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath. Now, what does that mean? That means Jesus is our Sabbath. Did you know that? How many of you don't know that? Now, yes, we do. Worship on the Sabbath, which is Saturday. We certainly do. And I intend to keep that until Jesus comes or I die, whichever is first. And so we do do that. We do make sure that um, we worship on the Sabbath. But Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He's absolutely our Sabbath rest. And uh, we thank God for everything that Jesus has done. He is just a wonderful, wonderful God. But, you know, uh, how many of you that are on the right side are willing to, to take somebody alongside and say, Look, I'm here for you. I love you. I care about you. And I'm specifically going to ask you apostolic Pentecostals. Because, you know, that's where I'm at. And I, you know, and not only that, but, you know, we've got what we believe to be uh, the bulk of truth. huh? You, are we going to be willing to, to share the truth with people and and, and if people are uh, truly willing to walk with the Lord and love Him, even though they may uh, never uh, go down the aisle and marry somebody of the opposite side. I mean, you know, there's a place and a space. You say, well, this just uh, sounds like, you know, another uh, you know thing from the... No, we're not... I don't go down that road. But what I'm saying to you is we have to get... Uh, ourselves into the Word of God and look at this issue and stop avoiding it. Stop avoiding it because uh, this uh, thing where you keep telling people, and I know, I've experienced it many times over. That was not the only time I experienced There, There are plenty of people that will just, they will flat out tell you that you didn't pray hard enough. Or that you didn't pray long enough, or that you didn't fast long enough, or that you didn't—and there's no sense in those type of things because that's not true. There's been so many, many times that people apply themselves in these ways, but God said to me one day when I had struggled so much, and He said, "My grace is sufficient for you." Now, i, <clears throat> I don't know what to say to you. When you come at me and 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 you try to discount, uh, you know my walk or other people's walks, when they say, "Look, this is, uh, has been a deep struggle. This has been," and you give the detail, and then they just want to shake their head to their head almost falls off, because they can't seem to envision what God has talked about in the Word of God concerning the eunuch, and I believe emphatically that this is uh, what is going on. Uh, with the word of god so with that said uh we're gonna we're gonna check out here here in a minute folks but um listen i'm gonna say again i love all y'all i love you on the right i love you on the left but listen those of you on the left you, you, you're you gonna have to come up and meet jesus you're gonna have to meet jesus and one and, and what you can't do is you can't drag that gay agenda where you're going if you're going to repent, you're going to turn to the Lord. You're going to serve the Lord. You can't drag that, that gay agenda up with you. You're going to have to let it go. Now, when I say gay agenda, there's a lot that's involved in that, what I'm saying and I'm going to get we're going to talk about that certainly we've got a lot of time to talk about it we've got the month of June I'm going to be talking about these things because if 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 this LGBTQ community are going to slam this pride issue in our face then what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say no because God hates pride it tells us that in proverbs uh, we've been talking about it proverbs chapter 6 and verses uh, 16 through 19 you find in verse uh, 17 the very first thing is God hates pride and so you won't be a part of pride. You go right on ahead, but you're going to pride yourself right to hell because that's what's going to happen. But if you are willing to say, look, I love the Lord. I don't know what to do. I've been praying. I've been talking to the Lord. I, I've pleaded with God. And I, I know right where you at. I truly do. I really, really do. And, and if you are wanting, you say, you know, you talk about this Holy Ghost and and, and, and you just uh, seem so overwhelmed with excitement and thrill. I am. I'll tell you what. There is nothing. Hallelujah. There is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There is nothing like the power of God, this Holy Ghost power surging through your soul. Hallelujah. There is nothing. I cannot explain to you. There is nothing like being baptized with the Holy Ghost and God wants to baptize people with the Holy Ghost Uh, It was such a thrill. I remember years ago when Brother Vernon was baptized with the Holy Ghost. It it just absolutely thrilled my soul because I knew what he was experiencing. And I have seen other people being baptized with the Holy Ghost. And it just thrills me every time because I know what that feels like on the inside. And God wants to baptize everybody with the Holy Ghost because it's going to give you the power to be able to overcome the enemy every day and to overcome the flesh every day. See, every single day, God is going to help you because the Bible says that the outward man perish. You know, but the inward man, the outward man, we just gonna keep on going to to the grave. You know what I mean? We are gonna keep on getting older and older until we die. Uh, but or or however whatever I don't know, our time might be shorter than others. But in any event, the Bible says the inward man, uh, you know, it perishes. It's going to perish. But uh, or the outward man perish. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to twist that up. The outward man perish, excuse me. The outward man perishes. We know that. Look in the mirror. Come on. Now, it don't matter if you went down and you got yourself some plastic surgery and, and you look all young again like you know that you don't really look. That don't make any difference. Because you know why you spent all those thousands of dollars to do it. Because you weren't looking young. Why? Because the outward man perishes. And you know what? In a few years, you're going to have to go have them slice and dice your face up again and yank it back up again and do all that stuff you do in plastic surgery. You know, y'all just grow old gracefully. Hallelujah. And then some of you going on and you dyeing your hair and doing all that. Some of you look like clowns. You got pink and you got blue and you got green. God didn't make nobody like that. God gave you natural color of your hair. You all to leave it alone. Don't you know that the Bible talks about the gray-headed man ought to be honored? That is if you learn how to serve God during those years and you became gray-headed and in your gray-headedness you've learned some things you know you should have the honor of of wisdom given to you because when people look at the gray hair they say oh that man got some wisdom or oh that woman got some wisdom well some of them don't i've seen some gray-headed people my word they're so far from wisdom they don't know what they're doing but the bible say it ought to be that the hoary head the word hoary head means the gray-headed one well how are you gonna be honored as a whorehead if you're gonna keep on dyeing your hair? Leave your hair alone and let God be God. Amen and hallelujah. But that's just another word. I know some of you don't even some of you even on the right don't like what I just said. Well anyway, I'll just say what I'm gonna say. Alright, so anyway, y'all. God loves you. I love you. Uh, I'm I'm just praying that somehow we can reach uh, this community god has called brother vernon and I here to the greater houston area to reach this Community and I didn't know when we moved here honestly did not god called us here And I had no idea even though the lord called us here, and I and, and I didn't really do a whole lot of searching because the lord said This is where you're going. So that's where we were going and uh, You know, and then I get over here and I found out after I started looking because I knew what the lord wanted me to do I just didn't know where he wanted me to go and then I when I found out the lord this is where he wanted to go uh, it, it really you know, it set me into tears because I had swore up and down I'd never come back here. But God has a way of changing your mind. But anyway, uh, I didn't know when I got here that it had one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, gay community. Now we're not part of that. We don't. Uh, we've never went to no gay bars here. We've never been down to no gay parade. I ain't gonna go neither. We don't believe in having bar ministry. That's another thing that the MCC does. They they say, oh, we're going to go into the bar to reach. No, the Bible says to come out from among them and be separate. It just It's one twist after another. And if you are in some other church that's not MCC and you're doing that, I'm going to tell you what, you better get right with Jesus. And stop all that. Don't talk to me about no God, bar ministry. That's a bunch of nonsense. All that is is just you wanting to play around. I'm just saying, but anyway. All right, so with all that said, I'm hoping you all have a a really blessed weekend. Now, I'm going to encourage you, some of you that will. I know some of you are not going to. Some of you probably already shut this whole thing off. You don't want to listen anyway. Um, You know, and I know I've been long-winded, and I'm probably going to be long-winded through the month of June. And uh, I just believe that's the way it's going to be and i think the lord's going to start slowing me down and i know some people probably that know me probably shaking their heads saying no i don't know if you're going to be slowed down i'm not sure about that but uh, in any event i love y'all i really do and i want you to be saved and i want you to be baptized uh you know i want you to be saved i want you to be baptized in jesus name i want you to be uh able to receive the baptism of the holy ghost but friend you got to repent you got to turn from your wicked ways and, and those of you on the right that think you're, you're saved and you ain't living right, oh, let me tell you, and you're out there running your mouth against this LGBTQ community, I'm not saying I run my mouth against it. But if, but if you ain't right, you know what the Lord's saying? Huh? You ought to look it up. Now, a lot of people like to quote chapter 7 and verse 1 uh, of the book of Matthew. Uh, oh judge not lest you be judged keep reading keep reading the whole thing because he's talking about a hypocrite he's talking about a hypocrite now you're a hypocrite if you're sitting there speaking against uh, this gay agenda and then yet you're committing adultery that makes you a hypocrite if you're speaking against this gay agenda which is not a wrong thing to do but I'm saying you, you speak against the agenda and you're a liar that make it any different. You're going to be sharing hell with them. Did you know that? Y'all going to be sharing hell together. you going to be right there with them. Hmm? Butt naked and all, burning up. That's how it's going to be. Because you ain't going to have the glory of God covering you. Amen. That's what Adam and Eve were covered in the garden before they sinned. Covered with the glory of God. I can, I can show you in Scripture in the book of Revelation that gives us uh, those words. When you're in the presence of God, you're going to be clothed if you're right with the Lord. I'm, and I'm not just talking about physical clothes. I mean, we're going to put on physical clothes because it's the right thing to do and dress modestly like Christians ought to. And if you don't, then you ain't right with the Lord. Who are you to sit there and and over there judging the the LBGT community and you ain't even living right with yourself? I mean, who who is it that these, you know, and I, I you know, sometimes I meet some people. I've know, I know some people, you know, in different places. Like I know some people, you know, at the grocery stores where I shop and, and where I get my hair cut and just different ones. And, and 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 there's so many of them that I've made good friends with and all. But if they were to hear me preach, they probably wouldn't even want to speak to me. Because when I start talking about women that wear pants and I say, you know, you you you're not you're not any different than than the man that's disobeying Leviticus eighteen and twenty two and laying with a man like he's not supposed to be doing. Now I know that scripture means something specific, and you better get to studying because it does talk about something very specific. Uh, And and God means what He says, and you better quit doing it. If if you uh, if if you're going to be serving God, and you got you know that same-sex attraction, God got a word. And this is something that only men, two men, can do. It's not something. Well, I guess there's a multiplicity of men can do it together too if they got something else going on. But I'm just saying, uh, and and I'm going to say this too. Uh, this particular podcast is going to be labeled in such a way uh, because children ought not be uh, particularly listening to this one because I did say some very um, specific things that I think uh, little children should not be privy to. Doesn't mean you know an ungodly. Uh, nature is just the nature of things that we're talking about. And I think that you as parents, those of you who have children, need to uh, monitor uh, even even this particular podcast we did today and maybe even some of these other ones. But I'm going to specifically uh, label this one because of some of the detail that I've said. So with that said, uh, I I want you all to know I, I do love you. I care about you. I care about everybody on all of these sides because people need to be saved but if you on the right if you're living like a hypocrite you're going to be in hell with these that you're fighting with you know the bible says you know the this is what Jude said he said you know I I was earnestly you know going to write he was going to write and just talk about common salvation he said but he said I found it needful that what I do is I'm going to talk about the things that were first delivered to the saints. And we've got to fight for those things. We've got to contend for those things. We've got to be willing to uh, put up a fight against things that are going to cause a destruction to come to the church of the living God. Now, you can't be on all battles on all fronts. Okay, Now, I've said that before because you know you couldn't be in the Army and the Navy and the Air Force all at the same time. You can't be everywhere with all fights all the time. You know, God is going to put us at a space and a place at the wall. And we need to take our place at the wall and do what we've got to do uh, to make sure that this agenda don't fall into the uh, church and 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 protect our families and not fall into our families and protect our communities. But uh, but you know, listen, that's what you're called to do. Go to the place wherever you are in your community, your churches, your your places of worship, and 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 fight. There for the truth of God's word. You know, and and the Bible says you got to know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. If you don't know the truth, you shall not be set free. There ain't no way you can be set free if you don't know the truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You got to know Jesus. So, with that said, I'm going to check out here because uh, it's getting late, y'all. And um, I just want you to know uh, we've got to just keep on keep on battling, keep on fighting this because uh, God's Word is right. And you know, there's a saying that we say sometimes in our worship service, God is right all the time, and then people respond back, <coughs> the Word of God is right all the time, and all the time, the Word of God is right. God is right all the time, and and, and His Word is right all the time, and all the time, God is right, and His Word is right. I mean, there, there's just no way of getting around that for us who know the truth but you know the world don't know the truth who are we supposed to be reaching you, you can't just say well I'm going to close the doors to certain people well what if those certain people need Jesus and God is calling you to deal with them and to reach them this is what God has called us to do he said look he said if nobody go nobody else goes nobody else wants to talk nobody else wants to say anything Somebody's got to go. Now you find that in the Word of God. You know somebody's got to be sent. It's just, how shall they hear without a preacher? And, and and how 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 can if they they're not sent, then how are they going to hear? I mean, this is the Word of God. You know, we gotta, we got to be willing to listen to God as He calls us. Do you think that you're going to be able to uh, say to God when you meet Him, well, I, I didn't want to deal with this group, and I didn't want to talk to this group, and I, I didn't want to have anything to, I just, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? It's a tough group to deal, to deal with. I know that. I was there. I lived in it. I know all but I'm telling you, it's a very rebellious group. It's a very stubborn group. It's true. But even if, let's say, just a few are saved, Isn't a few worth it? Isn't their souls worth it? Doesn't their souls matter to you? They matter to me. So with that, I'm out, guys. I love you. I'm praying for you. And I hope you all have a really, really blessed evening. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And so I want to encourage you to look at the eunuch preacher. Uh, You can find us on YouTube. We'll have a worship service tomorrow on the Sabbath, on Saturday. And uh, once we get downloaded, everything's pre-recorded. And uh, we're just, uh, you know, it's just a ministry at this point, but uh, hopefully God is going to grow us into a church. And so with that said, I, you know, I won't do whatever I can. You know, God put me at this place in the wall, and I want to repair whatever I can and do do whatever I can for the Lord because God matters. Jesus matters, and his mission matters, and, and the lost souls, they matter. If they don't matter to you, they matter to me. Because I don't want to see them in hell. I don't want to see them lost and dying without a word. Without a word. And you know, Jonah wouldn't go. And I fought for a long time and I wouldn't go. I said, God, I don't don't want to do this. But I finally had to just say, you know, God, I'm willing to step up and I'm going to do. And I know this is not going to be easy. I know it's not. But y'all, we got to do the work. We got to be about our Father's business. We got to reach people before it's too late, because the Lord's on His way back. If you don't know that and you don't see that, you know the Bible tells us. I think it's in, uh, it's either First Timothy or Second Timothy. I think it's Second Timothy, chapter three. It might be. Matter of fact, before we close, I'm gonna go there real quick. I know y'all are tired of hearing, me, but I think it's First Timothy. It's in First Timothy, chapter three. No, it's 2 Timothy. All right. So 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The word perilous means dangerous. It says in verse 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers disobedience of parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers now i'm going to say something about the word natural affection because some people say ah there do you know what that actually means? people need to study these things because people take that and say oh that's talking about the homosexuals that's not talking about that what that's talking about people who do not have a natural affection for their families for their kinsmen and so this is what fit, where it fits abortion you don't have a natural feeling it's not there or maybe people who like this young man that's killed his father the other day, stabbed his father to death. You ain't got a natural affection, and that's what it's talking about. It's talking about uh, the natural affection for for your kinsmen, for those that are your uh, part of your family, whether it be you know your natural family, your adoptive family, or even your church family. There's got to be a natural feeling about it. But some people have lost that natural affection. Truce breakers, you know, people don't keep the promises anymore um and false accusers incontinent well that means they have no self-control. You can see that it's being played out with this um, uh, transgender uh, ideology and everything. it just it's complete inc- incontinence. there's no uh, control whatsoever, but also incontinence can mean no self-control over sexual behavior too. I've seen that played out in the uh, gay community so many 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 times. Um, and then fierce, Again, you can see what's happening. Despisers of those that are good. You can see that happening too. All this is coming to play of first uh, or second Timothy chapter three. They despise those that are saying, Look, God's way is right. They, they they hate that. They don't hear that. And then traitors, you know, people that are, you know, jumping ship and they're betraying, you know, whole churches betraying Uh, bodies of believers heady that mean it's another form of a type of pride It's a very self-centered way of uh, you know uh being and then high-minded of course we can get the understanding lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god in other words you know feel good uh, if it feels good do it no matter what god says that's the attitude that's the attitude. You know, you, you, your uh, the pleasures are more important than the, being a lover of God. And then it says there's some having form uh, a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And then it says from such turn away. In other words, you're to walk away from some of those things. And not only that, God's going to do it. But he's saying you as well. You know, there's some things that you walk away from uh, and that the Holy Ghost is going to turn from as well. Uh, they, those who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. Uh, you know, there's some that was, you know, they they say they have a form of godliness cause, because you hear these people. Uh, I hear this and I've seen it time and again lately. And I, I, I promise you, I'm going to be out of here. Give me one more minute. Uh, there's these folks that have been saying, I've seen some of them, writing on the phones you know the little quips that get wrote the letters and uh, there's one particular woman said well this is the right and good thing to do talking about all of this transgender stuff and trying to completely flip and twist words and what i'm going to do one time i'm going to find some of those articles and we're going to go through them on this podcast before the month of june is out and i'll show you what i'm what i'm talking about Um, But, you know, it's a form of godliness. You know, they try to act like that they're godly. They try to act like they're doing what's right. But it is that they're denying the real power of God, the real true power of God. So with that said, I love y'all, and I pray you have a wonderful, blessed weekend. God bless y'all.